0: Undisturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread.
1: I think we're getting into a
0: weird area here. You tell fools I'm not crazy! Not crazy. This hysteria. You can't handle the truth! The brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51.
2: The truth is out there. It's a lie! But you won't find it here.
0: They're coming for you! Look! There comes one of them now!
1: Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to a very British version of Hysteria 51 this week. Then can I have some tea and
2: cheese
3: muffins? Maybe not that British, Kyle, but we are going to hit up some British folklore and spooky legends. That is
1: right. We are tackling said British shenanigans from the friendly confines of the lower fourth dimension, also known as Chicago. I'm your host, Brent Hand. The bots are back and seem to be behaving, uh... So far, so we got that going for us across airways from me, the folklore master that I just made up himself, <laughs> Mister uh, David Aflora. Uh, David, how goes? So you've seen my 1980s uh, epic
3: adventure movie, I
1: <laughs> folklore or was it the two master. ferrets?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, you that and Beastmaster were on heavy rotation in the hand household. Uh, those ferrets got around in the 80s I'll oh they sure did i tell you uh we are here talking about a documentary about british shenanigans like i said david can you
3: believe anyone would be foolish enough to try and make a documentary during a pandemic Ooh. i don't know who in their
1: right mind shots fired. would even attempt this shots fired <laughs> I, I guess the whole behaving thing is uh, is well, that's pretty good still, I got to say.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's fair. It's a fair question. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Cuz who who would? <laughs> now, granted, you you started it and then God put a blight upon this world to slow you down. <laughs> and then
3: God himself <laughs> said, "Hold up, hold up. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish." Thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even in year two, this was 2021, or or going into the second year of it, um, we had to coordinate our schedules around p- the state parks being closed and stuff, yeah. so you yeah. know, we had to wait for those windows where they'd open, and then they're like, oh my god, oh my god, it's <laughs> too much, uh, close it again.
1: Well, and at least <laughs> during your, your whole uh, going out and filming and everything, you guys didn't also start your own missing 411 case by going oh missing, god. so. we are, Yeah, we are not that... Desperate for money and <laughs> ah, attention. Ah, uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. That, that sounded loaded. I like it. I like it a lot. We aren't talking about that documentary. We're talking about a new documentary, Sideworld, Haunted Forests of England. Uh, director George Popoff is joining us to talk about this new doc, exploring a kind of this hodgepodge of everything, paranormal, folklore, hauntings mysteries of the forests of england specifically
3: yeah this is this i mean it's almost like what we're doing in the desert you know there's all kinds of stuff that that's
1: when he reached out uh i was like yeah this is kind of a similar but different trope you (laughs) know similar in in the same vein this text specifically three purportedly haunted forests in england and all of the ghostly tales and frightening legends associated with them from sightings of apparitions to horrors of history, k- true crime, and even UFO sightings, we gotta have a little bit of that for Hysteria Fifty One, mm-hmm. and it, literally everything in between. As if you watch this, and you'll learn, I'm sure, as we talk to George, um, from Black Eyed Children to Hellhounds to everything. George is an interesting character. He's Bulgarian born and has been revered for his unique visual style and uh, carefully crafted atmospheres. I say that because he's got uh, two other films, Hex and The Droving. They're feature-length films. They're not documentaries, and this is his first soiree into that. And he's been praised, as we said, for focus on complex theme and characters.
3: Would it kill you to get a porn director in here for once?
1: <laughs> I mean, Dep- may- depends. Uh, what, why is he kink shaming? I don't understand. Uh, right. We know I mean, this we is Do porn not <laughs> kink shame on H fifty one. It's in our bylaws. (laughs) The truth is out there, but we won't keep shame here. Um, (laughs) By bylaws, you mean BI laws, right? (laughs) (laughs) That that was a given. Thank you. (laughs) Um, uh, George, uh, he's appeared on a multitude of podcasts and interviews for independent filmmaking magazines, but now he's finally fulfilling what I can only imagine is a bucket list item for him. He's popping (laughs) up on Hysteria 51. Woo! That just seems correct, doesn't it? That just, like... He- oh, yeah. hmm Die happy now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you kind of sounds like a veiled threat. <laughs> die happy. That sounds like a diehard seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh ooh, too, too soon. soon. Didn't think about oh, yeah. that. That one wasn't on purpose.
3: George is an exciting new talent covering the exact stuff we love here at H51. So keep your eye open, your third eye, ooh. open for all his future endeavors. But today... We talk all things side world, haunted forests of England, and we'll catch up with George right after this break on Hysteria 51.
1: Nation, what difficulties did you have with learning a new language in school or whenever you did it? Did you do it through textbooks or did you try to use some... Weird online thing. I know I took two years in high school and two years in college and I knew nothing. And that's because I wasn't using something like what we have been blessed to have as a longtime sponsor. And we use it Rosetta Stone. They're the most trusted language learning program and it's available on desktop or as an app. And the reason why I enjoy doing it, it immerses you in the language you want to learn instead of just being silly drills and a class you can sleep through. <laughs> Twenty-five languages available. For any trips, you need language in life. You need to brush up on stuff. Maybe you just met a girl or a guy or a non-binary, and they're from uh, somewhere else. Someone you know who knows. Well, if they're in the one of the twenty-five, Rosetta's going to work for you, if <laughs> you get lifetime access to all of that. And there is a fifty percent offer, so it is a steal. So don't put off learning language. There's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time, Hysteria 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for that 50% off that I just told you about.
3: Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off, unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Uh, Today.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?
1: Uh, nation, welcome back and welcome in, more importantly, George Popoff. George, welcome to the show. Oh, well, hey guys, it's great to be here. Good to have you. So I'm in Chicago and David is in Colorado. And where are you hitting us from?
2: I'm 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 in Cheltenham, or as you guys would say, Cheltenham. Um <laughs> it, which is uh which is about two hours away from London.
1: I love it. Or as you would mispronounce is what you meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> Is no, that two worry. hours
3: west or north or what direction? Uh,
2: northwest. Northwest. Okay. Like yeah, but but yeah, um, but I used to live in Colorado for about a year. By the way. Um, oh yeah, what part? Me. Yeah, so I was in like like Vale County. I was working there for a bit, so you know that gotcha. was like Eagle, Eagle County, I think. But it was close close to Vale. That was beautiful, yeah. Rocky. Love it. Love
3: Oh it. yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty nice out here.
2: <laughs> Everybody was awesome. Like I just love the people. Like, Pretty, you know, mountain people were the
3: coolest. <laughs> you get a you get a fair uh, mix of them uh, around these parts. A lot of hippies, a lot of ranchers. It's it's a weird mix, and everybody just gets along. Seems like, <laughs>
2: yeah, somehow, yeah. No, it's <laughs>
1: Meanwhile, I'm in corn country with corn people. Not quite the oh, same.
3: right, right, <laughs> corn people. With the children.
1: <laughs> With of the lots corn, of and... children of the court yeah.
3: people.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Uh well, George, thank you so much for taking time on your day to join us. And you know, you've got your new documentary coming out, but it's not your first go-around in filmmaking. You released uh you had Hex previously in 2017, the Droving in 2020. Now you're in the documentary game. What drew you into filmmaking? Wanted you to go down this road. Ah,
2: uh, well, um, i mean it it was i guess it was sort of destined because like um
1: the tattoo you were born with (laughs) for that
2: birthmark it's both a curse and a blessing Um, (laughs) right but uh you know my my grandfather was a theater director my 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 father is an artist you know it's just like a whole family of crazies really and um when you when you're surrounded by all the different arts i just i'm um I guess I'm just a greedy bastard who goes like, "What can I do that incorporates all of these things at the same time?" It's like, "Oh, film can do that." Like, brilliant.
1: Well, so that's awesome though because you had a background that was uh, so—you had an outlet for art. You know, a lot of people would say, "Mom, Dad, I'm going to be a filmmaker," and they go over my dead body. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, it sounds like nice that your family's like, well, it's about damn time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I think they were a little bit worried because they know it's not very easy, but uh, at the same time, they just just knew it was inevitable. So it's like, well, I guess that's what it is. It's like when you have vampirism or something, it's like, well, you know,
1: (laughs) we've got to teach the next. We're going to make the best best out of it. it. uh, Well, that's awesome. Elephant in the room, so to speak. What's it like making a movie during a pandemic? Cuz David here has a little bit of a a background in that. I'm sure it's just a blast for you, isn't it? It's got to be different than your previous ones.
2: Oh yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, the thing is um we ended up being quite lucky because um when my second picture The drawing was coming out, it was we've already shot and made everything and it was released, you know, in 2020 just when the, you know, the pandemic started. Yeah. So we, we, everybody else was, you know, kind of struggling and it was, you know, quite difficult for filmmakers because a lot of, you know, great projects got canceled, but, uh, we just had a film come out and people were just staying at home watching. So, so that yeah. was good. Um, the stars align sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when it came to, um, when it came to side world, um, it was, we just found a gap where, um, the restrictions were, um, a bit, you know, not as bad. And uh, because we're mainly filming in the forest, and um, when you are shooting for documentaries, a lot of a smaller crew, and you don't really have actors or anything, so that made it a lot easier.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. this is not you. You know, you have no actors in this; it's all uh, you know, mm-hmm. rolled, voice actors. Yeah, other than voice actors. So that that had to have been a, a at least a breath of fresh air uh, as far as not having to worry about that in that time. Uh, oh, yeah. But in talking about this, your previous work, you touched on you know, you're the spooky or the folk horror tales. Mm-hmm. Now you're doing this, which we'll get into the whole, but this is about these haunted forests. What was your interest or what brought you into the paranormal? As in, was this something you've been interested in your whole life? Kind of like being in the arts and filmmaking, or was there an aha moment? You're like, I want to do this.
2: Oh, I, I, th- I think they came hand in hand to be honest, because like maybe even before the, the, um, uh, the filmmaking. Uh, before that c- came to me, I kind of uh, the X Files was my favorite show on TV. Like yeah, uh, as I was growing up, um, I probably my parents let me watch it at kind of an irresponsibly young age. <laughs> uh, which is great. Right? Yeah, I like that. Um, you know, so um, and and I just love the books and all, all the all the different stories about you know aliens and Bigfoot and ghosts and all the di- all the different stuff, and I, I love to um look at it as as objectively as possible. but I just love the stories as well, even even without thinking about what's real, what isn't. It just um you know I enjoy a good story. so that that goes well with the filmmaking. But then one also where there's like a lot of it where it's connected to real events or people who you know experience things, uh you start you start kind of more scientifically thinking about. It. I mean like well how those two things marry, like the fact and the fiction.
3: Did you have a lot of folklore that you heard, you know, growing up or was was it mostly like the X file stuff, stuff from um pop culture and things that got you more interested in in the things?
2: Well bo- both really. I mean because because I am I'm Bulgarian. I uh, grew up in Bulgaria and uh less than the UK really it's 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 a country that's still kind of retains a lot of its um you know, there's still parts where there are not that many people live, you know. So there's a lot of interesting stories about where where you hear an old granny in in a village in somewhere describe perfectly a UFO and aliens as if they're coming out of like, you know, um close encounters, but she's never seen a, a movie in her life beyond like going with the wind, you know, back in the thirties yeah. or something.
1: Um, kind of holds a little bit more weight to like, it, right?
2: Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so definitely, I, I think I think growing up in, in in Bulgaria and also also there's a lot of just interesting European folklore. I, l- I love all the mixture of um, different stories from all around the continent, and um, th- there's a lot of crossovers, and there's a lot of uh, uh, things that um, you know relate to fairy tales, and you start like you know connecting connecting mm-hmm. the threads. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, be surprised how many like different stories are connected. And uh, you know, the sure. you know, I mentioned yeah. Bigfoot earlier. I mean, every continent has its own. Way before they people from these governments met. So
3: yeah, it reminds me of um, stories in the UK, the British Isles, and things of the the Green Man, Cornunos, mm-hmm. you know, and Celtic lore and stuff, which you could probably tie to more Slavic tales of the Leshy, yeah. you know, things like that. So it it is interesting how. It just is. It takes on a different flavor depending on the region you're in over there.
2: No, it it really does. It really does. It's it's uh, interesting how every culture spins it, you know, their own way. But but also the the amount of things that that relate to the you know every culture has its form of a dragon, and and, uh, you know maybe that can be explained by every culture. uh, You know, did a little bit of digging. They saw an alien. uh, Sorry, not alien, but a dinosaur skeleton.
1: No, we'll go with alien. alien. That's fine. <laughs> or, or alien, yeah. An alien dinosaur. That, that's not the um,
2: And they went to explain it and like maybe it was like, oh, it must have wings as well. I mean, like, might as well just make the most badass interpretation of what this like big lizard is. <laughs>
3: right. Well, you gotta you gotta suss out how how they get from one part of the continent to the other. And yeah. you know, wings are the <laughs> Yeah, or you—you—I or guess you could just become an ancient dinosaur theorist.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean I think there's, there yeah, there's plenty of those.
3: About,
2: you know, but uh, yeah, tr- try trying to keep it somewhat uh, uh, grounded in reality. But yeah,
1: mm-hmm. well, speaking mm-hmm. of grounded in reality, this is your first uh, major documentary, as compared to like your feature films that you did before. What's your, or I guess, how is the approach different for a documentary than a feature? Was it harder? Did you find it, or was it easier, or was it just completely, you know, a, a different take for you?
2: Yeah, well, that's a really good question. um It's, it, it is different. I mean, I've, I've never been that much of a, you know, my, my interest in documentary in terms of making it has only always been like in just certain aspects. I mean, I've, I've never really thought about that, about it that way. Um, it's always going to be with me. It was always about telling a story um, and usually a story that I've made up. And then we sit down mm-hmm. with Jonathan and we write them. And, uh... but the thing is, there were so many stories that I was potentially interested in that, that I just know that, that they were from folklore or from like horror stories or uh, plenty of other uh, legends in this that I'm interesting. I just know that I would need like five lifetimes to tell them of. Mm-hmm. and, and right. they're probably don't or, or they probably don't deserve like, you know, 90 minutes or more. Um so so we were thinking of like how can we get to tell stuff we were excited about without really like making a feature film based on every single one of those things. And because I already have an interest in both paranormal and history and legends and myths and uh and all that kind of stuff, uh we just thought that uh putting putting in all all under one um one series of documentaries um that we call Sideworld uh and then Every time focusing on the different theme that we're interesting in, but nice. telling multiple stories within it, seemed like the best choice.
1: So this is number one of a of a series that you're you're hoping to to put out. That's awesome. Yeah,
2: that, that that's that's where the, the the colon comes into yeah, play. Right. Side
1: road. <laughs> right Side road is our
2: name of uh, all the uh, documentaries we're going to make, and mm-hmm. the first one's called "Hunt Forests of England," and we're in, you know, actually right in the middle of making the second
1: one. Well, talking about Excellent. that, you got. Wisman's Wood, you've got uh, Kennick Chase, mm-hmm. and Epping Forest. So they're the backdrop for this documentary. And you've talked about how you know you, you grew up in Bulgaria, and there's all these different uh, folklores and myths and legends and paranormal over there. And you drilled in down to England and its forests, specifically these three. What drew you to them? Why was this your choice for your the backdrop of your first documentary?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, well, I've been here for the last 10 years and while making the other films like Hex and the Droving as is, is, you know as British films I was always drawn to because I still keep some of my outsider view from not being you know native um, for most of my life and I think that's the important bit of why it makes it so interesting to me I, I find it difficult to talk about things that are very close to me they seem kind of uh, difficult to decipher I need a uh, psychologist probably most likely a psychiatrist. <laughs> um, but, you know to really delve into that I think they come through the films anyway but it's not my job to um figure it out but uh I'm I find it easier to when, when you see something a bit more objectively to see it from the side and kind of try to explore um it, it's uh you know it, it doesn't matter if it's a mountain or a forest or, or something visual that you're seeing or experience as a place or, or the stories that you mean, meet from the people um it, it, to me, is exotic. is exciting the way that maybe someone who grew up in that area constantly just kind of drilling into their mind. So um, these forests seem to be full of stories and lore, and I um, love their looks and, and um, the atmosphere that I can craft with it because um, with Hayes and the Droving, there were films that I was very much trying to imbue uh, a lot of um the places where we're shooting them anyway and, and make that part of the cinematic language. And even though and that kind of answers a bit of your previous question, like what's the difference is that I, I try to make it, it, it as least different as possible from how I approach, um, you know, a narrative feature film where I still do care about the atmosphere. I still do care about, you know, the emotion a, a person's going through while, while watching them, because I think there's too many documentaries where you just know, what you're going to get in terms of your format. You're going to have like mm-hmm. the experts going to cut in and say something that it's absolutely obvious that we just heard now, but in a more eloquent language, you know, and then he's going to cut to something else that you, you just know how they work these days. And um, not that the sidewalk documentaries are anything too different or unfamiliar for the viewer. They're still going to get um, the fullness of the stories and us uh, exploring the lore. But I still care about. Um, is you just being there and experiencing the atmosphere of the place, and we care a lot about the music um and the the visuals and the colors as well. So, um it just it just those four spoke in a way that they were just a, just a prime subject for the for the first one,
1: speaking of the different forests. Uh, Whistman's Woods was the first one he tackled. I had no idea that one of the big things that they talked about there is the whist towns. I had no idea that the Hound of the Baskervilles was based off that, which is something that probably everyone's heard of, uh, with, you know, the being as prevalent as it is. But they also hold Black Eyed Child, the old Crocker, Weird Monks, Druids, all this stuff. That was a really crazy force. And you, you broke a lot of that down. What was your favorite uh, aspect of that one? Because that one had a ton of things. Did you have a favorite? I know it's like you know what's your favorite kid, but <laughs>
2: oh yeah, I mean, like in, in Wiscons in particular. I mean, it's 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 uh, first of all, it's such a strange forest to be in because it just looks right out of uh, a, you know a fairy tale.
1: Yeah, it's you said it used to be much bigger. It's all rocks in there, like moss mm-hmm. covered, and and there's hardly any uh, life there, animal life, because it's so hard to to be in the area because it's it's hard to navigate
2: absolutely i mean it's it's a uh, uh it's in the grander place called dartmoor which uh, kind of uh, you know very very english sounding you know like mm-hmm. you have uh, it's uh, it has this uh, spooky atmosphere and you have this uh um semi marshland that permeates the place and and um westman's wood is just like this small woodland pocket that remained or like you said from a from an ancient forest there and um you start to think like well, there must be something some reason why that has remained and uh, Obviously, we go into the more uh, uh, supernatural possible explanations of it, but uh, I, I love that. I love the way that, the, like you described it, that's uh, just the the view of this place that's remained from an ancient time, and possibly it could be protected by an old, you know, um, benevolent and malevolent forest spirit. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's it's uh, uh, it's connections. Also, I think one of my favorite bits of that story is how um, the story of the the huntsman. Who appears alongside the the Hounds and the Spectral Dogs? Uh, this uh, kind of badass, uh, you know, dark figure um, seems also that could have maybe inspired parts of the Nazgul for Tolkien. Um, as someone also as well that is related to all these legends about the the Wild Hunt and everything. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big fan of the the, the Witcher games and, and TV show. And, um, that also explores that, which is a very Slavic thing as well. and um, but comes from Nordic legend. So yeah, I, I love all these connections that come with it,
1: man. there you know some of these stories, you, you wonder if, you know, if they were made up or they just made up to keep people out of the woods, or is there, you know, what parts of them are real? But, man, you were talking about the huntsman, and one of the spookiest ones was the guy who got drunk and was like walked through the woods and he ran to the huntsman. And he's like, "Hey, Huntsman, give me some food." And he throws him a bag, and it's his own child in there. I was like, "What the hell? That is uh, that is some crazy shit right there." Pull on,
2: yeah, yeah. Doesn't mess around, the Huntsman. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right, like here you go, <laughs> chow down, man. Uh, it, it was uh, it was crazy, you know, and and it is such a. Um, England, for whatever reason, has a lot more history than we do here as far as, you know, uh, being settled in a lot of ways. And there mm. is kind of a, oh, you know, kind of feeling to a lot of it more than than some of the places here. And this place, just with all the photos, like you said, it really felt like it captured. Uh, the place just looks creepy. It,
2: it it does. I mean, like it's it's. uh it, it, you get such a mix of emotions when you're there. There it's so peaceful and so serene, but at the same time, um you're right, the the kind of the, the lack of any substantial forest life, it just makes it feel um, exactly as if as if you're in the the threshold on some sort of um underworld um and you're just expecting um something to open. You know, a portal between all these mossy rocks and, and druidic signs, you know, and you're gonna mm-hmm. appear somewhere else. It's it's just um truly enchanting.
1: Well, not to be outdone by the wisman's woods with his swist hounds and the huntsmen and everything. He had the Kennick Chase had the pig man not to be a- confused with man bear pig sadly. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> who knows I'm super serial. Uh it it <laughs> seemed filled with with creatures like that. You had, you know, the werewolves and this and then the other. But also that one had uh UFO sightings as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So so kanak Chase uh is a place where where um there's a lot of things that are related to different periods, but it was it was the one that uh, it seemed to be quite um you know influenced by a lot of stuff in the 20th century. Because there was um, a German POW camp there as well, and that's yeah. uh, in some ways you can kind of explain some of the pigman stories of maybe oh okay maybe the soldiers were trying to scare the Germans into escaping from the camp because there is a pigman running around, but uh,
1: mm-hmm. or they're know. doing experiments on them, you know, and this oh, is actually, one of them.
2: They're doing experiments on them because um, there was, uh, you know, we we went to. Um, the the, gra- the graveyards that are there and the memorials mm-hmm. for all the German soldiers who died there. And um, there's quite a lot for a POW camp. You know, you almost feel like, okay, what, what, what happened here? And there's too many stories about, especially later on in the 20th century, about um, UFO sightings there that, you know, seem to be around all these um, um, TV towers and, and all places. That, they, they say TV towers, but there's a long, you know, explanation to how, like, the, maybe there was something more going um, under them with the British intelligency. yeah. So um, yeah, there, there's and there is a, there is a story. You know, there is a long history in in um, UFO sightings around forests in in England. Anyway, one of the most famous being Rendlesham Forest.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, um, we've we've covered that on here. Absolutely.
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 a doozy. Um, so yeah, I mean, Can, Canuck Chase is a, is a is a prime example of it.
1: I like you said too it had a lot of twentieth century ties. Another one that you talked about in here was the black eyed child. That's yeah, been something that's newer since like the nineteen the eighties. It was like a female cries in the woods and she's like six or seven, but it was spooky. She had dark haired when you get the people would get up to her, she's like, I can't see and she'd turn <laughs> and she just had like missing eyes. That's spooky crap right there. <laughs> no thank mm-hmm. you. That's uh I filled my pants and I need to go home kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. And, and the, the kind of one of the
2: scariest thing about the black eyed shadow is like, we're going into the stories that people say in that area and the possible explanations behind it. Uh, but the thing is, it's, it's not just a English phenomenon. Like you see those appearances around the world and I've actually heard the, quite a few, uh, tellings of that story of eyewitnesses uh, coming from the States as well, because, um, God knows some, you, you know, you guys have some of the most vast and beautiful national parks there and, uh, that's not a place where I want to be lost and have a kid like that, you know, <laughs> right. Up here because uh, here you could probably run for 20 minutes and you find a house, but uh, not so much. Uh,
1: you run so for a few days day. and yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Exactly. I,
3: I wouldn't want one of those things in a Starbucks. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <that's
0: awful. laughs>
1: yeah, no, that's true. Are we just that's talking true. about children yeah. or black eyed children. I'm not sure which here <laughs> D all of the above. Right. I, uh,
3: I, I mean the the most creepy thing you know you hear black-eyed kids and it's like they're they still have eyeballs they're just all black no man this thing has no eyes it's just sockets and that's that's nightmare fuel
1: yeah speaking of nightmare fuel too this was in monsters you had the the missing girls from the 60s in here and speaking of real monsters you know human this guy was i don't know if you want to use the term serial killer but Oh, yeah. Was killing girls, and, um, you know, his own brother turned him in before the third girl was killed, but didn't have evidence. And uh, it it was the largest manhunt, you said, in England history, Search for the person. Hundreds of people were out looking for these girls that were missing, and sadly, they they had perished. It's just another thing that that adds to this whole feel for some of these forests that you have – yeah. Anytime something like that happens, it's just like, oh man.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, that, that, that story kind of, we're talking about the, the blend of, uh, you know, fictional horror and factual horror. And, and then, uh, you know, maybe we have our, our doubts about, you know, which one of the the legends is true, but that's something that definitely happened. And, impossibly and to some degree in the, in the, in the documentary, definitely uh, looking at dress that is connected to the sightings of the black eyed girls there, you know? Yeah. Um, but but even even without that is is something that you know happened and and, and could happen and it's uh, something I learned with making horror films like Hex and the Droving and this as well. It's it's like it always just circles back to the humans being pieces of shit, really, right? you know, yeah, like, <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: That's uh, a concept that you can always rely on. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's the uh, yeah. Absolutely. Speaking of
3: uh, human pieces of shit, I I was interested to, uh, in the the part when you got to Dick Turpin which was mm-hmm. a, a, f- a figure um that I was uh, I I've been fascinated by but it was uh kind of disturbing to hear that and this was uh for listeners this Dick Turpin's a, a famous highwayman um from back in what was it the 18th century or so yeah um and he he almost had like a Jesse James you know from the states kind of feel to him almost a a, a Robin Hood although he didn't really care about <laughs> Anybody but himself, it seemed like um and and it's a fascinating figure, but I was disturbed to hear about him killing dogs uh <laughs> I'm a big dog fan right. um, and that was, yeah, that was I was like, oh, Dick Turpin is actually a dick Turpin, like <laughs>
2: literally no absolutely i mean it, it is it is disappointing like when, when you have uh the these legends and we and we follow cause, like uh there's a lot of uh, you know figures from history that we go like oh that sounds badass but the yeah. reason why it sounds badass now is why it was it horrifying back in the day mm-hmm. and when you really look into it you know it's, it's there are just some figures it's not not uh it's not justified to wear the t-shirt you know because mm-hmm. uh, when you really go in, into into the details of it. Um, yeah, a lot of these people did exactly what they want, and uh, that might sound romantic now, but uh, it's probably the reason why we have laws in the first place. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, it's it's the it's, uh, it's an important part of these things to sometimes demystify something that they, it's seen as a um, better than it actually was.
3: Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, keeping with the the mystifying and kind of the death hole scene, that the Epping Forest. Mm was the one, the third one was teeming with ghosts. And, not to be outdone, pond that makes you commit suicide, so that's fun. <laughs> uh, one of the yeah, things she- you're talking about, the first person, one of the people's like, it knows me, it's calling. Uh That's terrifying, and people have been wow. looking for this pond forever. Should we really know where a suicide pond exactly is, is my big question.
2: All right. <laughs> I- like I honestly don't know what's more terrifying—to know that it is there and and for it to not know which one it is—it's like like the it's like the Zodiac killer of yeah. places, oh. you know? Because you know it's out there. You have like some really good suspects, but no one will ever be able to point out exactly which one it is. And um, there, there's something. So like the lack of finality, the lack of resolution there, there's something so terrifying about that Mm -hmm. to be able to say like, all right, let's put some tape around this thing and just like never go that. You cannot do that unless you do that with every single pond in (laughs) a big forest.
1: I mean, that's too, it just with like the, we talked about the, the girls being killed. This had a lot of illegal crime activity, local crime syndicates, they would dump bodies. They do things there. That really just adds to this whole, Considering a place that's haunted outside of the whole pond, you know, and 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 yeah. things like that, um, it, it really is something that I, I find fascinating. Is people seek to understand everything, and I don't know why we want to, and me included, uh, reported anything that's reportedly evil or beyond our world. We want to understand it. Why is that? Why is that human nature, or why is it our our nature to do like you did to go out there and explore and to to tell the story? Because I'm glad it is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. No, no,
2: definitely. I, I think I think it's it's it is. You're absolutely right that it, it is part of human nature. Of uh, no matter how dangerous something is, like there is this inane desire to, that it has to be understood. And I think, I think it's exactly that. I think there is like a purely biological motivation that you fear what you don't understand and and in in, in order to for us to persevere we need to conquer our fears and the only way to do it is you have to make it more relatable you have to make yeah. it more understandable so we have to process like i'm I'm you know we're afraid of the deep waters we have to see what's down there because the the thought of never knowing is terrifying same mm-hmm. thing goes with space same thing goes with um ghosts or bigfoot or all, all these things that we're trying to Whatever, whatever can be terrifying, it will become less terrifying if we know what it is. You know, we're calling monsters monsters because we don't have the name for the species yet, or it's something yeah. that transcends its species. Like when we call a human monsters, like he's not human anymore uh, because he's that terrifying that it's not even relatable.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I, think that, I think it's in a strange way we have to brave the dangers to make them feel less dangerous to us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get that. You know, um, not humanize but to understand is, is a, yeah. a powerful weapon, you know, for people. Yeah. One of the other places that I, I thought was interesting in there that I also had heard of before was hangman's hill. The hangman was supposed to be an executioner or haunts there, but, um, it's a place where cars seem to roll uphill. And that's one of those things I've seen people that were, they, they put, um, you know, cars there, and it, and it it's like an optical illusion. You know yeah. that that maybe the that maybe you know it looks like it's going uphill, but really it's going downhill. But oh no, people say it's the hangman pulling people to their death. That's <laughs> awesome to me that that yeah, you know how how things like that. You wonder which came first, the story or the illusion or. or or maybe it really is the hangman who knows. Oh, I,
2: I, I, I know what you mean. I mean, it's it's uh you know we mentioned because it is it seems so, so ludicrous well, that the hangman's pulling cars up the hill. But uh, I wonder what the was happening there before uh, cars were invented. Was the horse just kind of going <laughs> backwards? <or something, laughs> <you know>? Right. <laughs> the cart pulling it. Um, We but, have a hill uh, like
1: that yeah. here in America, and uh, mm-hmm. they it looks like it and they say that these children were killed there, so they push the car across the road to not stall. I even watched these uh these shows where they put like um flour on the back of the car looking for children's handprints <laughs> and oh, yeah. stuff oh, like um, that. You, know, that, 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 you know,
2: that, that, that is that is pretty spooky.
1: Yeah, right, 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 right. Well, the the whole area is is Well, area, England, that whole, but all these forests (laughs) are, are terrifying and they're each very different. That's what I thought was cool is, is one is more of a folklore. One is more of a newer one is more of a ghost. That was really fun that you found three distinctly terrifyingly haunted places haunted being, you know, a catch all term, um, that were so different.
2: Yeah, no, no, thanks. I mean, yeah, we absolutely tried to do that to uh, add that variety because it's, it seems, because, you know, when, when you have that the variety in stories, you can show the connections between them, how something can run from like ancient history to medieval history to recent history to modern day um, and, and see all the, the, the connections between and that that something can be, you know, mythologized very easily um, through, through the periods as well. And something can seem more like a fairy tale, but the next time we're talking about a serial killer and all these things can connect depends on how people interpret it, uh, interpret that and um how as we said people are trying to get familiarized with something that could be that could be terrifying
1: absolutely well you've got these others planned what what's next what what can we expect from you
2: well i mean uh, uh we are um we're really excited about the the, the cyber project and, and the next one uh, that we're making right now i can go as far as saying that's uh, is going to be based around um Sea and ocean-related uh, myths, and horror stories, nice. and legends—very fun. And so we're going from the forests uh, to the sea, and um, I just finished filming some of the some of the last shots coming from uh, places around here. And uh, oh yeah, I got—I I, got to tell you, we're we're gonna go um, even further with this one because um, there there was great variety there, and uh, um, it's it's just the what I've learned in terms of the relationship between. Humans and, and the ocean um, is uh, is a very um, uh, strange and and uh, multifaceted one of both uh, inc- incredible love and extraordinary hatred and danger. Amen. So,
3: uh, are you staying around the UK again with that one?
2: Yes, yes. I mean, like we'll probably stay around the UK until we exhaust uh, sort of the local. Oh, so you'll be
3: there country. forever. I was just gonna
2: say,
1: good <laughs> luck, good luck with yeah, that I hope, like, until I get.
2: I <laughs> get? uh to stop being lazy and we just you know take we take the plane somewhere else. But uh know I definitely wanna do more um more around Europe as a whole and go, you know, because I know some some local Bulgarian stuff, and I definitely want to do the, the states as well. It just that seems like another completely different vibe. But uh we, we we always try to connect the stories when they go worldwide as well, um when there's something that's being seen around many places. But um there's a lot of documentaries that sort of do like a catch-all subject matter when they just mention the, the most famous ones around the world. And I feel like I've watched all of these by now. So uh, we're trying to to bring in at the beginning the subject matter and get all the fans of that particular sort of paranormal subgenre, if you want to call it. But then go into a specific story that you might not have heard as much about as the most famous examples from around the world.
1: Well, that was great because these were you know uh, uh, local stories that I wasn't familiar with you know in the in these forests so you now that has to do with also my geographical location oh, yeah, but yeah. uh it was it, it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun to learn and to see and also to make ties to well, I've heard of this I've heard of that I haven't heard of that or that reminds me of. Things that I'd heard, like you said, because a lot of times stories have ties to other things or are similar or, yeah. you know, so that was a lot of fun. If our listeners want to watch this, uh, where's the best place to find your work?
2: Well, uh, at the moment in, in the U.S., uh, we have uh, Siderworld both on on Prime Video to buy and rent on on YouTube, Prime, uh, uh, buy and rent as well, and then you can watch it on Tubi.
1: Great. Well, we will have links to all that for everyone. So you can find as well as, as your, your websites and your work, George, thank you so much for doing yeah, this. You, and, uh, we look forward to everything else that's coming out inside. We'll know anything else you do because it was a lot of fun and it was a refreshing take on, on looking at things that I was not familiar with. So, uh, oh, no, no, I thank you guys. it was,
2: it was my pleasure. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing.
1: Well, same uh, to you. And hopefully fun. next time we'd love to have you back to uh, talk, the watery mysteries of England. Oh,
2: absolutely. I would love to do that. We'll have to go through those as well and, and see uh, and see how much more um, fucked up things there are yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with a lot. <laughs> That's yeah, my scientific yeah, so number. A lot. <laughs> That's a
2: good
1: one. Uh, well, thank you so much, George. And we're going to go to break. Thank we'll you. be back with more Hysteria Hysteria 51.
3: no eyes uh, so George was great he's great to talk to
1: I can't see please help me I can't see I'd be like you shit out of luck kid beat it, <laughs> it. well shit out of that before you went in the fucking woods as a little girl you son of a bitch <laughs> deuces
3: like you are incredibly angry at this child for not having eyeballs probably the tiny meat sack's own fucking fault
1: that's right see <laughs> it is her own fucking fault
3: <laughs> um yeah no it, george is great he's great to talk to i think he's uh uh he's got a good attitude about this stuff you know
1: yeah yeah and uh, he's a uh, uh from bulgaria living in England, so he's kind of been all over over there and, and knows a lot of these weird stories of uh, of Europe, and the water is terrifying in and of itself. So the next one I'm looking forward to because we didn't really get into that, but uh, he, like you said, there's very little of it that's been explored, and people are just innately terrified of the ocean. I don't know if you know this, but shit eats you in the ocean, or the water is a bigger
3: anything. Yeah. There's so much uh, lore to pull from in the British Isles, and he was talking about he'll wait till it's till it runs out, and I'm like, literally, dude, like it will never run out. I know, <laughs> <There's>, I know. <laughs> there's so much you could go up to Scotland and have you you'd be set for you know five years probably with films. You could go over to Ireland and be set for ten years. Like it's mm-hmm. the Earth will burn like a crispy piece of bacon before he runs out of things <laughs> to talk about. <laughs>
1: Uh, we've, we've reached absolute zero, but I hadn't even gotten to Scotland yet. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's a lot of, um, folklore is, uh, well, I mean, look at the folklore we have here. No. Go to your, your local little place. (laughs) No, I will not. I'll ask you to not bring that up. Uh, you know, it's, it's just in an amazing amount of folklore that we have here. And then they have a richer, further history. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, they don't as far as the folklore of, like, the Native Americans and stuff that are here, but I'm saying we as in the offshoots of the Europeans that are living over here. It's fascinating. It's fascinating, mm-hmm. and it's also fascinating to look at these things and look at the I, – I started to say this during the interview – look at some of the similarities between yeah. stories that we have. A lot of the same stuff is told and a lot of different well, stuff.
3: You you think about it. I mean, that makes complete sense because we are descendants of those people that came over here with those stories, you know, and they came from everywhere. You know, you've got uh, uh, Dutch stories in New York with uh, Sleepy Hollow and stuff.
1: Which kind of felt like the the huntsman a little bit on his his spectral, either a spectral horse or a skeleton horse. He he had a head, but he was evil, but it it felt a lot like (laughs) the huntsman.
3: And he even mentioned it when he, he said he threw him that Hessian sack. Yeah. Right? And that's, mm-hmm. you know, the Hessian is uh, one of the legends of Sleepy Hollow. And, yeah. But, you know, you've got German uh, folklore over here. You've got Irish folklore over here. It It's amazing what all has been brought and how it's evolved French. You know, French folklore, of course. Um, and it's evolved over here. It, it has taken on a life of its own. It has combined with the Native American lore that's already been here. Um, it, it, it's wild how this stuff uh, evolves and, and where it comes from and the origins of it. I think
1: one of my favorite folklores that doesn't get enough attention is French. It's the uh, story of an evil raping skunk that uh, patrols the streets looking for our cats.
3: Oh, yeah, um, yeah. It's
1: called the Evil Le Pew.
3: <laughs> it's called the Rue Le Pew.
0: This is abuse just being forced to listen to this dumb shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh oh man Well sometimes, sometimes you know <laughs> when, when you want to entertain your kids you just throw on a rapey co- cartoon you know that's it was a different time it was a different time <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> anyway it uh, yeah they should, you guys should definitely check this out it's a lot of fun we have all the links for you fun might not be this spooky, uh, it's spooky. Uh, alarming not alarming it, it's a bit of a slow
3: burn like I, th- I think you know, you uh, have patience and be ready to absorb a lot of information. Mm-hmm. This, this is a good, like, this is really good on on delivering information and the folklore um, through through storytelling, and it's got the visuals to to back it up. Yeah,
1: a lot um, of visuals, great, and it's like three parts. The first part, yeah, each part is its own forest, which but, is kind of. But nice.
3: don't go in expecting like a. You know, uh, uh, the it's rock. no
1: speed to cruise control. I'll tell you that
3: right now. <laughs> don't, don't go in expecting Jason Statham to, like, take you
1: through these forests. <laughs> Jason Statham taking you through a forest is, uh, well, that's scary in and of itself. But, uh, you know, that's a different story. <laughs> what is your favorite folklore from Europe? You We've got so many Europeans over there. That Listen to the show. (laughs) What is the story that that maybe he didn't touch on that was like, oh, that should be its own documentary. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. And while you're telling us things, we're going to be doing more blurry hysteria episodes. We'd love for you to guys to tell us what are some weird news stories that you want us to cover? And we got an easy way for you to tell us. You can email us, weird at hysteria51.com, W-E-I-R-D at hysteria51.com. Send us the link, and if we use your uh, story, we'll even uh, give you a shout on the show. So make sure you tell us your name and anything you want. And uh, as long as it doesn't suck, (laughs) we will use it. So be looking for a lot more of those coming up on the show. And uh, also, you can tell us if you don't want to send us an email, you can talk to us uh, through a bunch of other channels. Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. That's our regular page. You can talk to us through Hysteria Nation, our fan page. Uh, just go to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Patreon. All these episodes are going to go up on Patreon first with zero ads. Hey, hey, hey. And they'll probably come out on the regular feed a few weeks later. Uh, So patreon.com slash hysteria51pod. Voicemail, two ways to leave them. Uh, You can call us 773-669-7277. Again, that's 773-669-7277. Or you can go to hysteria51.com, click on the microphone on the bottom right, and leave us a voicemail that
3: way. If you like what we do, tell a friend. If you hate what we do, tell an enemy. Hey,
1: you're going to hate this. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I also hate you. I just want you to know that. (laughs) I
3: I hate you. You know what you'll really like? I'm doing you a solid here. It's a gesture of friendship. (laughs) Listen to Hysteria 51.
1: Uh, uh, I'm not going to tell him
3: I hate Hysteria 51. I want him to hate something, too.
1: (laughs) And if you hate yourself, listen to Blurry Photos. What's going on Mm -hmm. over there?
3: (laughs) Segway. (laughs) Lots
1: Lots of hating.
3: Yeah, I'm uh, uh, gearing up for the next uh, episode, which is an interview uh, with a fella who wrote a book on fog and mists.
1: Ooh, yeah,
3: fog and mist.
1: So he didn't even specify
3: which. It's both of them. He he uh, he didn't. <laughs> he tried to get them all, but he missed. No, nope.
1: <laughs> stop it. <laughs> oh, oh, where's my but I'm. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, to see, if I don't. I kill told him. you to have that
3: ready. That was in my contract. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, uh, or I could have used this one. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. All uh allowed. yeah. Uh so anything else going on or just uh just kind of uh,
3: no that that's uh, pretty much uh keep it on, keep it on. You know, Quiz Bang's uh, keep it on. We uh got some fun group episodes coming up, um and some nice. bonus episodes. We uh recorded a James Bond themed bonus episode. Uh oh. that'll be fun. So yeah. No,
1: Mr. Check Bond. Out. I expect you to guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not good. Not good. I'm not even good at trivia. It's fine. I'm good at trivia until you put me on the spot. Like <laughs> I, I watch, I'm from me. home watching Jeopardy. I'm like fucking idiots. I knew that. Right. Fucking uh. idiots. Uh, um, any, uh,
3: uh, put, puts out Lego picks with trivia questions for the show. And, um, the, one of the latest ones was what is Goldfinger's first name? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of people were ha, had some pretty good uh guesses, like uh of, uh, <laughs> and like um, oh, I forget what that, but I, I was hoping someone would come out with smelma, <laughs> they did
1: not. <laughs> was what was the one that I had a, an answer for recently? You're like, what is the official animal of something? Oh, what was the official animal of uh April Fool's Day, right? Oh, the French, uh, yeah. yeah. What did I say? Well, I said uh, yuck, yuck. The practical oh, yuck, yuck. The
3: practical joking ocelot.
1: <laughs> I can't believe that wasn't right. If it wasn't, we need to just make a change because that just <laughs> that just feels right in your bones,
3: doesn't it? I'm sure they have a really fancy French way of saying all that too.
1: <laughs> it's a uh, <Pepe> Le et <laughs> 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 uh, With that said, I'm Brent. I've been David. He's been conspiracy about. Stay
0: woke meat sacks. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51.
3: We'll be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of conspiracy bot that's my favourite, join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod.
1: You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?